And we're back with the Lone Star Lowdown. I'm Shay Holt, joined by Corey Guidry and Ty Henderson. It is October 19th, 2022. Uh, we're in the heat of both college football and the NFL, as well as the uh, American and National League Championship Series. The NBA started yesterday. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we'll be having some NFL gridiron gossip, an MLB diamonds and wood segment, and of course the forty-yard, the forty-acre dash um, about the Texas Longhorns and their upcoming match against Oklahoma State. Before we get into it, remember follow us on Instagram at the Lone Star Lowdown, Twitter at Lone Star LD, TikTok the Lone Star Lowdown, and make sure to check out all of our video content on YouTube. All right, I bring y'all in here. This is the Gridiron Gossip segment to start things off. And I think we're going to talk a little brief recap of the Cowboys-Eagles. Eagles won 26-17 last Sunday night at home. What do y'all think about it? It was a, it was a roller coaster of emotions, uh, Corey. You, you missed it, me and Shay. We, uh, we watched that one together, and it was Caleb also was, was here with us, my, our, my roommate Caleb. Um, and it was 17-0 real quick. You know, Cooper Rush wasn't looking like the all-time all the all time great backup yeah. quarterback, the Jason Garrett that we've all been waiting for. Um, you know, we came back. We showed a lot of fight. Obviously, it's Dak's team. Everybody, that, that whole narrative is set straight with, you know, people being like, is Cooper Rush better than Dak Prescott? You know, that, that was never the case. We got lucky. We got out of that, what was it, a... Five game stretch without four that. and one and five game stretch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll take that any day with the bad quarterback. Shea, you said it a few weeks ago after the Bucks game when we recorded about how you know we need to keep our heads up as Cowboys fans and fight through this rough patch when Dak went down and we lost the Bucks week one. So thank you. We're here. We lost to the Eagles, but we'll see him again on uh, Christmas Eve. But a huge matchup. Yeah, you know, um, I I was impressed. You know. To come down, to be down, what was it? I think it was 17-3 at halftime. And then uh, just to be able to come back, you know, and uh, put up a fight, I think that shows a lot of coaching. You know, a lot of people like to criticize McCarthy and the boys. Dallas isn't well coached. But if you look at second halves this year, Dallas has played pretty well in second halves this year. And, you know, typically that'd be a sign of good coaching, most people would say, good adjustments at least. Um I was impressed with the Dallas defense. They gave up 26 points, but at the same time, Dallas did a terrible job of possessing the ball, a lot of turnovers. So that um, that's going to add to the point total of the Eagles. But you know, Jalen Hurts didn't look good, though. That's what I was just. They, that's they, what I was just about to get to they, real quick. Uh, they didn't push the ball down the field at all, from what I saw. And th- their shots down the field really are just shots. You know, they're they're never like. It, it's usually like AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, go make a play. Uh, for their downfield passing game, but they look very beatable to me, especially with a healthy Dak Prescott, you know, able to actually make those throws downfield be more explosive. Yeah, uh, man, we threw the ball 38. So we needed to because we were down. Yeah, three interceptions. Uh, 38 pass attempts, not even 200 passing yards for Cooper Rush. Um, so, yeah, basically what, I, basically what I saw is the Eagles out. are beatable. Yeah, and he, he's still up out through Jalen Hurts, who didn't have to. I mean, that offense was moving the ball on the ground pretty. That, that was the worst the Cowboys' defenses looked all year. We all agree on that. Yeah, probably the best offense they faced as well. But but still not a great quarterback. Not this MVP caliber quarterback that, I, that everybody's been saying Jalen Hurts is. Well, he only had 155 passing yards, which, you know, he's, he's not the guy to throw up. You know, three plus. But he has. But yeah, I mean, on twenty-five attempts, he completed fifteen of them. Had two touchdowns, no picks. Um, you know, that was a. I'd say it's a pedestrian passing day for Jalen Hurts. Uh, what I'm really looking at, as far as you know, uh, what kept the Cowboys in this game was they effectively held him the twenty-seven rushing yards on nine attempts. That's three yards a carry. That's really good. Yeah, yeah they contained him pretty well. And they. They had four sacks and six tackles for a loss uh, to the Eagles' zero. I believe in – I know zero sacks. I think zero, both of those stats. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys ran the ball well, I thought. Uh, they obviously got away from it later in the game. Zeke Elliott's best game of the year by far, though. Yeah, I mean, 13 for 81 and a touch. Um, you know, a good, a, I don't have his uh, receiving stats here in front of me, but um, a good balanced rushing attack. Uh, they got 11 for 44. 
for Pollard as well. Um, yeah, it wasn't you know a great performance. Like the, the, let's just be honest, the three interceptions. I mean, you lost by nine points, right? Uh, yes, nine point uh, loss, and you have three interceptions. You clean that out. You assume like you bring a guy like Dak Prescott in, and you just, like say maybe he threw one. You know, it's, that's two pole possessions right there. I mean, there. we haven't even talked about it. The biggest play of the game for me was that first half misjudgment, misspot, whatever you want to call it, by the CD Lamb, by the lady ref. Um, they should have challenged that. Though. I know. Okay, the, that's what I was about to say. This is 50-50 on the ref and 50 on Mike McCarthy for running that dumbass hurry-up offense on that play, running a bootleg, which ended up that play ended up working for us later in the game after we watched Philly burn us on it all throughout the first half. Sorry about that. But I, I just that to me that's the biggest play of the game. Yeah, uh, I mean, definitely thought they should have looked at that, and I don't know how that's decided because like. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a step back. Did y'all see the um, the uh, the game five uh, the other day between uh, the Yankees and the Guardians? And there was a play at first base where like his foot was off the bag. No, 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 no. Where like the the pitcher like dove. But both the pitcher and the you know bat the batter running to first base both dove for the bag. And like upon replay, it was just so very obvious. And it ended the inning that the the runner beat it out. And they just didn't look at it. Inning ended. They just went to the next inning. Like, they were like, oh, they're going to challenge it. And just fucking nothing happens. And, like, I just mention it because it's kind of the same idea as, like, this game flow idea where you don't challenge something that, you know, all the technology is there to clearly see what the deal is. But you just. We should know in a matter of seconds where that ball should be, what, you know, how much time's on the clock. We don't need. I understand the game flow issue when they talk about it because if there is too many challenges, too many stoppages, it, it messes with everything within the game. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of, of stoppage, but I mean, especially on no, a. No, but there should we like you're saying we should have the technology to get this done within seconds. Yeah, I mean, most definitely. Um, and I hope within the next ten years, five years at least, we have something like that. They put like chips in the ball or whatever. Yeah, yeah, chips yeah, in the ball is always something yeah. they're talking about. Uh, I'm not sure how close we are to that. I'm, at, I, you know, I just don't know what the realities are in a sport like football, where you know you'd have so much data coming in constantly. But I mean, think of all, think of all it would help for like stats and whatnot. I don't want to get too much into like the theory of the future of the game and what'll change and robot I, I robot thought, umpires I and shit. I thought you wanted the show to be more uh, pose more questions. I do, I definitely do. I just you know in our weekly rundowns here, you know how much how much time do we really want to talk about the you know <laughs> the the inadequacies within within these sports? Uh, well, how good do we think the Eagles are? Obviously, in my opinion, the NFC looks like the weaker conference as a whole, and they're the only undefeated team in the league, but. Yeah, how good do you think those those guys are? A lot of people say they're the best team in the league or at least second to the Bills. What do you all think? I think there's two teams in the NFL as and as a whole that are above the rest, and that's the Bills and the Chiefs. In that next I'd year, agree. in that next year I do have the Eagles, the Cowboys, maybe even the Jets. They've been balling out. They're 4 and 2. I would hold my breath on that for a little bit, and but I, we'll hey, see. Hey. Saul is keeping receipts. He might, he have, he might receipts. have one on Corey Gidry. He, he, he better freaking write it down. <laughs> I've, I think the Jets will make the playoffs at this point. But, yeah, but there's, you know, those two teams and then five or six teams that are, you know, interchangeable. Not One's really not better than the other if they're at full strength. I throw the Chargers in there. I throw uh, San Francisco, if they can figure out their offense. If, if Jimmy G can do anything, San Francisco is a threat just because of their defense. Um, same thing with Denver. Denver's last night. Was that last night? Uh, two, two nights ago. ago. Two nights ago. Den I mean, Russell Wilson. Can we just should we just transition into that? Uh, should we talk about that for a second? We could definitely talk about the Monday Night Football. Um, man, I almost uh, almost won my pick'em pool this week. I was the only you know I picked Denver and I picked a thirty-eight over/under tiebreaker and just got so fucking close. And then the only reason Denver really lost that game is a muffed punt. Um, well, a great a great special teams play, in my opinion. I don't know why people don't well, do that more often. Well, yeah, pushing the guy into him. I mean, everybody should have just cleared the fuck out. Yeah. Like, at a certain point. I mean, he point, was way too close. Yeah, like, when you see a guy like that, obviously you got to worry, oh, is my, uh, you know, blocker about to get, like, his ass pushed into the fucking football or, you know, kick it or some shit like that. 
But at a certain point, when it comes so clogged up like that and there's still time, you just got to get the fuck out of there. And, you know, ask you that shit or Peter, 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 you know. Uh, I mean, he, he was going to try to fair catch it, which was the right move because you don't want to lose the field position. But he didn't also he didn't expect to get a dude thrown at him as he's catching the ball. Yeah, and I don't know. It's man. not the returner's fault. It's the guy's fault that was two feet away from him trying to catch a block when he was the return was trying to catch the ball. Yeah, and uh, you know, if he if that guy had known it'd be a fair catch, then there wouldn't have been any reason to even touch him. So you can't really blame. You can't say, should, "Oh, should he yell out fair catch." I don't know. I mean, you got to think that there's you got to think they have some sort of understanding or. I mean, it's it's a t- it's a tough play. It's a tough position for the receiving and the return team yeah, um, to deal with. But yeah, if you're a defense, you should always throw a motherfucker in there or try to get thrown in by them uh, into the return man. Uh, it's a great strategy. But that was just a hard fought Monday night. There were a lot of Denver fans out there in LA. Divisional rival, divisional rivalry. Yeah, I um, thought that was a better Monday night game than we've seen. I think we're all set on Denver playing in primetime, though, for a while, huh? Well, Can we take a break from they that? They play in England 9 a.m. two weeks. The only game on, so technically. I'll probably still be asleep I'll be forced for to watch it. No, I'll watch it. <laughs> to just, me, the Chargers. I love football. I'll still watch it. I, I, just, I love watching how shitty Russell Wilson is, honestly. I, I predicted they would be so bad before the year. I predicted he would. You know, he was falling off last year, was blaming injury. Once again this year, he's already like, hey, by the way, I'm hurt. Hi, I'm Bruce Bowen. And I'm Julie so Bettyfield. Remember we uh, had a little gentleman's bet about the Broncos? Looks like you're kind of probably going to take that one. No, I don't. What our, was the bet? Our gentleman's <laughs> bet was that the Broncos would come in either second or first in the AFC West. I win. If they come in third or fourth, you win. They still could. Yeah, right. Well, because the Raiders. Because your idea was the Raiders and the Chargers were definitely going to be better. And the Chargers look better, but the Raiders look pretty sorry. And the Broncos look even sorrier than I could have ever imagined. So. But even the Chargers as well, like, to me, they're frauds. Like, I don't know. Everybody, they were kind of the darling of the AFC and a lot of people, you know, they, they love Justin Herbert, which I understand. He's a, you know, a freak of nature, basically, when you watch him play. And then, you know, they go out and get Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, all these boys on the defensive side. But it hasn't necessarily – they just don't seem to be able to get it done. Like, if they were, if they were to face – Kansas City, Buffalo, even like a Cincy or a Baltimore in the playoffs, like I just I think they, they they're gonna lose. Like they just don't seem to be able to get it done, you know, when it really when it really counts, at least up to this point. Yeah, the Bosa injury was big for them and it's it's a lot of parts not equaling a whole is really the problem in uh in LA for the Chargers. I like Justin Herbert. He's got a lot of weapons around him. They got a little a lot of great defensive players. Uh you know, obviously that uh, Staley guy runs. You know, he he he's a liability, putting them constantly in uh, predicaments. Um, you know, they go for it a lot. Obviously, they convert, but um, you know, I question their coaching uh, all around, and you know, just uh, the seriousness of the franchise. Still, I mean, this is a team that was playing in the soccer stadium two years ago. Uh, Don't really have any fans. Yeah, really play a lot. I mean, like the Denver game, there were, you know, the Raiders game. Like, it's it's really hard uh, out west in L.A. Um, not even being. There's probably more Cowboys fans in L.A. than there are Chargers fans. Oh, yeah, probably Certainly. so. I mean. Yeah, it, I can tell Mc, from the Rams game. McVay was talking about they were practicing silent counts and during the week of practice going up to play Dallas. I bet home. you there's more Cowboys fan, fans in L.A. than there are Rams and uh yeah, I mean, the only, I, I, maybe I'd be interested. There's probably more visual like fandom. You know what I mean? Like people riding around with cowboy shit on, and you know, like and that's who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just you know the guy who's at a bar and he's like, oh, I'm a Rams fan. All L.A. Like, till I die. If yeah. you say that, you're kind of a, you're a loser at this point. L.A. sucks. LA sucks. Yeah, the Lakers got their ass kicked last night. We didn't even have that on the sheet. The NBA started. I figured we'd mention <laughs> it. I mean, it really starts tonight with those Rockets. Uh, Mavs tonight. Best baby. team in the league, baby. Let's go. Oh, let's just let's just do a quick like, just round table in Houston and Dallas. Just a little preview in the middle of Gridiron Gossip. How about that? Go ahead. What you got? What were you gonna say? Okay. Dallas. They're going to seven games in the NBA Finals. And they're beating. All right. 
Boston Celtics. That is the prediction, the official that Texas is, that, guy. If you, if you were to put in, if I don't, this is impossible. But a parlay with the like, you know, or, that wouldn't be a parlay, but it's uh, a future, a, a future bet. Yes, with all like seven games, what would the odds Mavericks, Dow, and Boston. Oh, that would be insane. Yeah, plus you, twenty thousand. If I bet like fifty bucks on that, it'd probably be like a hundred thousand dollars. No, like fifty thousand. You know that the, the Dallas, like a lot of people are. I saw. Uh, I, I don't know what was the official prediction, but I saw this graphic on Twitter that had like whether it was ESPN analysts or NBA TV analysts predicting the Mavs to be like the eight seed, bro. What do you think about that, dude? They they only got better. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Like they, I actually like the Mavs we, this year. We robbed y'all of Christian Wood. Yeah, we dumped him because he was annoying or something. Luca is favored to win MVP, as he should. We added Javale McGee, got a rim protector. And somebody to fight in case anything goes down. No, he's, he's goofy nice. I mean, we got Tim Hardaway back. Is that all of last year? We lost Jalen Brunson. Fuck him. Go play with your daddy. Little daddy's boy. Yeah, we have a nice TikTok about that. That's oh, our first big hit. But anyway, what, what are we what, doing right g- now? Just give me some rockets. Give me yeah, rocket. no, I was gonna just, I was just gonna answer. Uh, are you done with the Mavs? Yes. I mean, this is a team that was in the Western Conference Finals last I know. year. It's not like, it's not like you're telling me the fuck. It's not like I'm telling you the Rockets are I gonna know. win in seven. I I'm, I'm being so 100 serious about this prediction. Yeah. I also think Luka Doncic wins MVP. That's very reasonable. I think Christian Wood wins Sixth Man of the Year. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how they're gonna play him, but I mean, See, that's, he's, their, he's their six man. If he if you, starting JaVale McGee. If you can get your the effort out of a guy like Christian Wood, I think he could. Yeah, definitely be a, like a six man of the year. I think he could be. You know, he's been an all star, um, great player. Uh, when he's motivated to play and, you know, in a good situation. Um, I could see it all coming together for the Mavericks. I don't know that I'd pick them to win the finals, but um, if they can get past the Warriors, which I don't think they can do. Um, I think some. I think someone crucial is going to get hurt for the Warriors this year. Like a Steph Curry. Or That's a, auspicious thinking, but, you know, I mean. Uh, I mean, they're, not, they're getting old. Yeah, yeah, and they've been hurt. They've all, you know, pretty much everybody except, I guess, Draymond really has. Well, yeah, he's been hurt, too. He's and just hurting people. That's yeah, all he's doing. He's throwing punches. There's there's some serious, you know, animosity between Jordan Poole and Draymond Green. Probably the whole team against Draymond at this point if you're just sucker punching people at practice. Well, because he thinks he deserves to get paid what Poole just got paid, probably. Yeah, but I don't he's, know if, if any of that's real or if that's just, like, what, stories there. He's already there. been paid. I just, exactly. I just don't know if those are just stories the NBA is making up, like the you know, yeah, it's just like a, a soap opera. Exactly. Um, the NBA is more like that than almost any other league, I feel like. And I don't. I mean, yeah, like we all saw the punch. It was fucking ridiculous and awesome. I just think but, I'll, uh, we'll finish it on. Uh, I'll finish my my whole spiel here, and you can tell me about your Rockets. But it was crazy how little of a deal opening night was. Yeah, no one gave a fuck. It seemed like. No, yeah. I didn't see anything on the socials also, about it. That. Lakers Golden State game last night, which I lost money on Lakers plus seven and a half. Fuck you, LeBron. It's it was slated to start at nine oh eight, like Central Time. It didn't start till nine forty five. Were they waiting for the other game to finish? No, there was like some ring ceremony. Oh, but like they didn't like do the ring ceremony before. Yeah, it was no. like it was like NBA kickoff type shit, and they just you well, know, they should have yeah, been televised. It was, the, it was the TNT crew. Yeah, but. I don't know. But go ahead. Okay, so yeah, the Rockets. Um, you know, uh, another year of uh, Jalen Green. You got uh, Jabari Smith coming in, big time. You know, a lot of people thought he'd be the first pick. Ended up falling to the Rockets. Uh, you know, we also got the uh, Tari Eason guy. Um, in addition to just all these, um, you know, young players we have. Did y'all end up cutting like? All the people we traded y'all for Christian Wood, pretty much. Actually, I think we uh, the Rockets had a deal a few weeks back. They they traded for somebody. Um, uh, we probably should have covered it, but the Rockets definitely uh, acquired someone uh, very recently. Like the whole thing though is, I'm just not sure if we're about to try to win this year, or if we're just gonna try to go after Frenchie. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're just going to take one more year in the tank. It looks like we traded basically everyone that we got from the Mavs. For Derek Favors. Yeah. Wow. Well, actually, we got a and lot back. Mo Harkless. 
Yeah, Ty Jerome, Theo Maladon, and the 2026 second round pick and cast considerations. That's probably better than what you got from the Mavs. Yeah, we sent Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris, who are all guys we got from the Mavs. To, to Oklahoma City? Yes. Yeah. Now they're trying to lose. Oh, they they want win by Yama, huh? Well, that their is. their first round pick, that Chet Holmgren dude, is just gone for this year, right? Oh, yeah. But imagine him and that win by Yama guy playing together, dude. That's with like Josh Giddy and Shea Gillis Alexander. It's like 15 feet of height between yeah. two people. Yeah, I mean that dude is like gonna instantly probably be a top three player in the NBA. Yeah, the Wimbayama? Yes. Yeah, it's just again, it's 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 the injury factor for a guy like that. Does he have an injury history? No, but like just what's been the problem with all those like I don't, giant I don't think he's he's like smooth like Giannis though. He you appears know? to be. He's smoother. Like Here's he's, what I'm more saying. Is he gonna punk out like Zion Williamson? Like has Zion Williamson played like he's playing eighty two fucking games yet? Like he, he played like forty last year, I think. Yeah, I mean he's just but he's like no, he, he played whole years he played none last year. He played like forty as a year. He didn't play a game last year. Like it just doesn't seem like 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 you know, it seems like the best thing you can do coming in as a prospect like that is not fucking play. And just, you know... Wait till your contract's up, then go wherever you want? Exactly. Like, that's that's obvious to me, at least. Like, a guy like Zion Williamson is just clearly never going to play in New Orleans. Like, just... Well, he's, he's playing tonight. Okay, well, let's see how it, let's see how it goes. Minute-restricted motherfucker, because you're too well, heavy. Well, hey, here we go. They're playing the Brooklyn Nets. So we'll have a little Ben Simmons. That's just gross. What is he going to do? Zion, what is he going to do? KD, Kyrie... Yeah, everybody, all those players, except I guess maybe Kevin Durant, have just had sitting out problems. You know what I mean? Like Kevin Durant just gets hurt. Kevin Durant plays. Like when he's healthy, he plays. Totally. And he plays his hardest. But between those other three dudes, all of them have just been like sitting out large, for, like not injury related. Zion or, was just fat last year. Yeah. It, it just, that was literally his injury like designation, probably. Just too fat to play. Rounded. Wow. All, All right. right. Let's, get let's bring it back to the NFL. Let's finish up here. Um, On the yeah. NFL. So uh, a couple more things we wanted to go over. What y'all think about Bills Chiefs last week? It was a it was a good preview of what could happen in the AFC Championship this year. Yeah. Um. It's just it's the future of the league, isn't it? Those two guys. Um. Yeah. I think we, that's not going to be the last time we see them battle out in a game of that nature. No. It's clear that they've. You know, it's kind of taking the torch from Rodgers, Brady at this point. Those two guys, you know, they were the last two of that, of the previous generation's quarterbacks that were still, you know, MVP caliber quarterbacks up until this year. I mean, we could still see a turnaround. Aaron Rodgers still could be that guy. He's dealing with a lot of, you know, personnel issues in, in Green Bay. But I think Allen and Mahomes for the next 10, 15 years are going to be those dudes. Yeah, um, most definitely, like you're talking about, um, especially with, in recent years, guys like Breeze and Roethlisberger heading out. Um, you really, Yeah, you really only have uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, guys who've won Super Bowls, won MVPs, and are, you know, stalwarts of the game. And, uh, yeah, the NFL's definitely pushing hard for uh, Mahomes and Josh Allen. Real quick, who would y'all rather have? I'd start, starting a franchise today, um, they're about the same age. Um, you know, all like 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 nullify all those contract, you know, like abstract things. We're just who would you rather have as a quarterback for your team? I, I'd take Mahomes because you lose a little bit of the mobility, just freak of nature aspect. But I think you gain more of a people. You know, people still don't like to talk about it, but Josh Allen still sometimes will just like miss some throws. Obviously, he's gotten much better at it since he came to league. Accuracy was kind of a big problem for him early on, but he's definitely cleaned that up, and he'll make absolutely ridiculous throws. But Mahomes to me is just Mahomes. Like he's just QB. He's that guy. He's just that guy. He's QB one. Like the things he can do, the the reads he can make down the field. Obviously, like I'll take Josh Allen and be happy, but I, I, I would go Mahomes in that. Yeah, same. What Corey said. Yeah, you know. Uh, for a while, I've I've probably leaned towards Mahomes, but I'm starting to uh, think maybe I'd rather have Josh Allen. Uh, Mahomes got a little bit of a head start, I feel like, on Allen being put on a better team in a better situation, and uh, you know, uh, not have like you know winning a Super Bowl early with what was basically a Super Bowl caliber squad. Remember, they went to the AFC Championship with Alex Smith. 
Um, and, you know, I think he's had possibly the most talented squad around him, at least on the offensive side, with two generational players and Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. Um, he appears to be doing all right without Hill. Uh, I think Kelsey's a big part of his game. Uh, big, you know, not that that should take anything away. Just I'm sure Kelsey's been made better by Mahomes if you looked at the stats. Uh, but yeah, I'm starting, especially with the mobility. Uh, he's still mobile, though. He's still mobile, but I mean, Josh Allen. I mean, y'all saw that, you know, juke. Yeah, but jump those are all over. designed runs, you know. It, Josh Allen's first year. That's all, literally all he could do. do Josh Allen is basically like the up upside of what Cam Newton, that type of player, could be. You know what I mean? Like if Cam Newton could throw. Yeah. And I see yeah. Daniel Jones is. Yeah, in Dan- that category. Too, I guess like he's coming up the five and one Giants, man. I don't know. I just think Josh Allen might be the best player in the league right now, and um, yeah, yeah I, front I, runner for MVP. I agree. Right now, he's playing better. But if you if I had the first overall pick and I'm assembling my team, I'd still rather build it around Mahomes and like get another guy like Tyreek Hill. I think the biggest thing uh, Patrick Mahomes is missing or missing out on is a receiver. Like, it's the same kind of situation that's going on with the Rodgers and Green Bay. Like, all, Juju Smith, is he their best receiver right now? I mean, uh, the best receiver is Travis Kelsey. He's yeah, the guy I mean, that looked to ta- in all I, passing I'm situations. Talking, I'm talking just... And then they have a slew of just, you know, all right guys. Yeah, a Juju Smith-Schuster. Scantling or whatever. Valdez Scantling, that's Rodgers' boy. Uh, Nicole Hardman has been all right. He's hurt, though, I think. They might be hurt. I'm just I mean, all those dudes have been. Michael Harvin has been. Those are all serviceable. Like three, like third receiver on your team, max guys. Though they're they're top three receivers. I admit they don't have a, a designated by position wide receiver that I would put in the top. Probably the top thirty. That's why I think the Bills are probably going to be the favorites to come out of the AFC, just because when you talk about Diggs and Gabe Davis, they have more downfield weapons that can make plays for their great quarterback. Yeah, no, I'd take the Bills this year, too. Yeah, but in the same sentence of not having a top 30 receiver, I would say they have one of two most dangerous receiving weapons in Travis Kelsey, and the other guy I would say would be like Devontae Adams. I think those are probably the two most deadly. Justin Justin Jefferson? No. You don't think so? No, not in the same Justin category. Justin Jefferson's the best receiver in the league. I don't really care about stats or whatever. Um, I would put Adams slightly above Jefferson, but I'm, Jefferson's going to take that over in the next year or two. Possibly so. I'm not talking shit about Justin Jefferson. I'm just saying, like, I watched that Raiders and Chiefs game, and Devontae Adams literally just, like, was just calling for the fucking, like, just, just calling for the football and, like, just isn't isn't dropping the fucking ball when it's thrown his way. And, like, yeah, I look at him and Travis Kelsey as the most, like, like if I was a cornerback or a safety or whatever, the most, like, I'd be fucking so worried. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, just, he, he is, he's definitely the best in the league off the line of scrimmage. His, yeah. his releases are nasty. I'd yeah. actually put Tyreek Hill in that category, too, which is crazy to think that the Chiefs had both two of two guys yeah. like that. He's like, right. Right, he's, like, right below for me. All right, guys, still. quickly. Dallas, minus seven, versus Detroit this week. You think that line sits? You think the Cowboys win by a touchdown or more? I don't know if they cover, but the line does make me feel good. Do you good. think it's the Cowboys s- D can stop Jared Goff? Yes, definitely. DeAndre Swift's looking like he's gonna play this week. He's been out for yeah. a few weeks. And I love Swift as a player, but I just don't know how healthy he is. Um, yes, I think they can. The line's offense has been pretty good, but like. I don't know. They haven't played a defense like Dallas in my eyes. Uh, the line, you know, it's kind of it's similar to the Texas Longhorns line this week. Um, it makes me feel like, you know, Dallas should definitely win this game because that's what Vegas thinks. So if Vegas thinks that usually it's going to be pretty close to being accurate. Sure. Yeah, uh, Detroit plays Dallas well. Uh, I've noticed that for a while now. I am a bit worried that they got shut the fuck out by New England a couple weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, especially if Swift's coming back, and even if he wasn't there, uh, as long as they got Amon Ra on the field um, and uh, Josh uh, Goff's playing well, I think they cover seven. I think Dallas wins. All right. Now we're going to do a new segment for you. Do we all have five games? Just NFL, right? Or are we going to college? college you can just pick five. Just pick your five. I'm not going to go deep into the fucking like co- like bowels of no, college football. No, I mean football. you can pick whatever you want. 
that's the beauty of this competition. I know we're starting mid-season, but me, Shay, and Corey are going to be picking five games from college and the NFL each week. Also, follow Tal on Twitter because he's been dropping the hot money-making picks lately. Not so. last week, but we're back on it this week. We're already up. Um, but yeah, we're just going to keep record and at the end of the year. I mean, we can we can think of a punishment for last place or... Uh, We'll think of something along the along the way to some funny video or yeah, something. Yeah, some, you know, something embarrassing. It, it'll all it'll, it'll be good. You didn't really give your thoughts on on Dallas though. You want to kind of say who you think's gonna win and then give your picks. Well, ahead. yeah, that's my first pick actually is uh, Detroit plus seven. Shay, can you write these down? Yeah. Um, I think uh, Detroit might win this game, but I, I know for sure that Jared Goff. I don't know. I, th- I think they score at least 20 points against this Dallas defense, which is weird to say. But I don't think Dallas can score more than you know, 24 points. I can see him doing it in trash time, too. Like, yeah, Dallas no, gets out on yeah. a bit of a lead. They backdoor. D- Dallas might win. I hope they do. But I, I, I think they Detroit covers. What's your first game, Corey? Okay, so we'll do it. I'm going to take God. I feel dirty taking this pick just because it seems like the hot pick, which makes me think it's not going to hit. But I'm going to take Jacksonville at home, minus three against the Giants. This might be a – this might – No, I like that one. It, you know, it seems like a lot of people would be looking at the Giants plus three given the fact that they're five and one and be like, oh, that's that's a that's a hammer to uh, take the Giants. So that makes me kind of lean towards Jacksonville. Um, and also I think the Giants are probably the worst five and one team to ever exist. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go Jacksonville in that one. You got that written down, Shay? Yep, I'm taking my first one is gonna be Carolina plus 11 against the Buccaneers. Really? I just think the Bucks had been playing great football recently. Um, they got upset this last week. You, uh, you know, like Jacob Eason might be starting at quarterback for Carolina. In that game. Yeah, I just think I like the I like the big line. You know, it's a big number. Um, I just don't, you know, uh, I, I'm certainly not predicting them to win. It's 11 fucking, that's, two, that's, you know, a field goal and a touchdown and type of shit, you know? I mean, yeah, I think it's a fine it's a fine line to take uh, against a team that's kind of struggling. Um, you know, that's that's just what I think. Also, Carolina's home is, is the home team, I believe. Yeah. Home, right. home home 11-point dogs? Yeah, I like that NFL. shit. Their yeah. defense, they have some good defensive players as well, uh, and the Bucks haven't been necessarily explosive on offense. So, All right, for my second pick, I'll take uh, Syracuse plus 13.5 against Clemson at Clemson. Saturday night, or Saturday morning, 11 a.m. I think Dino Babers get those boys ready to play. They're 6-0, Clemson's 7-0. Uh, this this is probably the biggest game of the year to this point in the ACC. Uh, Clemson, you know DJ U, however you say his last name, he's been he's been playing well since that Georgia Tech game to start the year where he struggled and Kate Clubman came in. It looks like he might get his job taken for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Syracuse plus thirteen and a half. All right, Corey, I'm gonna go with TCU minus three and a half hosting Kansas State. Uh, I just think they're more of an explosive of an offense. I've been impressed with their quarterback. Um, you know, it was a freaking electric game last weekend that they had against Oklahoma State. So I'm going to roll with the Horned Frogs to cover against Kansas State at home. Cool. All right. My second one, I'm going to take Cleveland plus six on the road against Baltimore. Tough divisional matchup. I think it's a big line. Uh, I think the, I think that uh, Baltimore had them taking care of the ball. Um, you know, it's it's just uh, my second NFL pick. Um, that's what I'm taking. All right, cool. For my third pick, I'm going to take LSU minus one and a half at home against Ole Miss. I think uh, Chip Kelly got the Tigers at five and two this, this point. I started the year off pretty slow. Um, but, hey, man, last week they had that offense humming. Uh, throw, throwing the ball, running the ball. They were, they were moving up and down the field against Florida. Uh, I think they, they won by, like, two touchdowns. Um, yeah, I think Ole Miss, they've had a weak schedule to this point. They can run the hell out of the ball, but Jackson Dart holds them back offensively through the air. Uh, yeah, LSU covers at home, minus one and a half. All right. 
I'm going to take, oh, this one's gross too, but I'm going to do it anyway. I take Arizona Thursday night football game to cover the one and a half at home against New Orleans. Arizona has lost seven home games in a row, and I'm picking them right now to cover. But I think with D-Hop coming back, if you look at Kyler's numbers with D-Hop and without D-Hop, there's a stark difference for whatever reason that may be, whether it's just comfort level, security blanket. Um, I could also see them getting beat bad because it could, like if you told me Cliff Kingsbury was fired at the end of this year, um, I would not be surprised. But if you also told me that they kind of shrunk together and got hot a little bit here, it's kind of midpoint of the season. I wouldn't be surprised either. So it's just just one and a half points. It's basically a pick 'em. I'm gonna go Arizona. A lot of the times on Thursday night football, in my opinion, the home team is really uh, where you want to go with your pick on on a short week. So I'm gonna go Arizona there. All right. Uh, are we doing overlap or are we trying to keep them all independent? Just out of curiosity. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Uh, well, I'm taking the horns, minus six and a half. Um, uh, not going to pick against them. Wanted to be the first one of us to go ahead and take them. And uh, that's going to be my third pick. All right. For my fourth pick, I'll take Kansas City, minus three at San Francisco, 325. It's on Sunday at, on Fox. Uh, I just think Kansas City, no way they lose two in a row. I think they cover that three points or at least push. If you're really worried by the half point, but for this competition competition's sake, give me Kansas City minus three. All right, Corey. Did you already take Syracuse? You that can was, you can take it too. Yeah, I, I like the Syracuse line. You took that one, right? Yeah, you can take it. Yeah, too. yeah, I like the Syracuse line. They've been a real surprise this season. I just don't think the Clemson offense is just going to be able to put up enough points to be able to keep them from covering that spread. Especially when I'm looking at the over-under here, too, as well. It's only at 50 with a 14-point spread or 13-and-a-half. So with the over-under only being 50, that tells me that Vegas doesn't think either team's going to be scoring too high, which leans me to think that they're going to cover. My next one is going to be the Chiefs minus three. I also had that written down before you said it, Ty. But in an effort to get my Longhorns pick out there first, I did not say the Chiefs. But I am taking them. Minus three at home. Okay, cool. Uh, For my last pick, you know, I like to finish it out on Monday nights usually. That's that's payday. Uh, Give me New England minus eight at home against the Bears. Uh, I think that New England defense is going to eat up Justin Fields. And that's that's all I need to that's, that was my first thought and I, I'm probably going to bet on that one in real life too. Alright. Alright, last pick Corey. I'm going to take Mississippi State to cover 21 points at Alabama. And I have nothing else to say other than Mike Leach is a dog. Hell yeah, the pirate. Minus how many? 21. Damn. Or plus 21. Yeah, plus 21. Alright. Um, I need to see here real quick, but uh, yeah, I, I think I like that TCU game. Uh, minus TCU minus three and a half, right? Yep. Yep. Go on and ride with it. Go on and ride with it. Yeah. Duggan game. Yeah, I just uh, I think they're hot. Um, yeah, I I think TCU will cover that number. Uh, Duggan doing well, and um. That's all. That's all for us. Uh, we'll see how these picks come out, and I guess we'll just update and uh, take them for next week. Um, out of five. All right. So we're gonna um, we're gonna take a little break here for diamonds and wood. Or we want to go right into it. We can take a a quick two two minute break here. All right. So I'll just pot us down. We'll be right back. Sounds good. With some diamonds and wood. Those look right.
Diamonds and Wood. The Astros are in the ALCS. Boys, that's your team. You all hyped up? Got a game at what? Nothing new. Tonight? tonight? Yep. Tonight? 630. Yeah, I got the Yankees. Oh, of course you do. Fuck y'all. You rode with the Mariners, so. Dude, uh, I still think the Mariners should have. Should have won that series, but uh, Shay, how about you? Uh, you had a pretty eventful 18-inning uh, ball game between two bars this week. Uh, I just want to share share your experience with the listeners. Uh, the Astros, Astros game went for you. Yeah, I mean, it was um, uh, just talk about the series in general. Um, <laughs> yeah, it really could have gone a different way, or at least been a lot, a lot more dragged out. Uh, Astros. Fought hard in all those games. One game, one on the walk-off. You know, came back in game two, and then one on a 18-inning, one-run total game. In uh, on Saturday, um, Jeremy Pena hitting the uh, lone shot at the top of the 18th inning. Uh, yeah, I was at the Horns game, uh, 11 a.m. kick against Iowa State. We'll talk a little bit more about that here soon. But then, yeah, basically, I had about 40 minutes. Horns game went pretty quick. But uh, I basically had about 40 minutes to go get to my car and try to drive home and just ran into some unbelievable traffic, which is not unexpected. It's after a UT football game. But especially going down, you know, to the wire. Uh, not many people had left. There weren't that many people there. But, you know. At the not, game? It was, you know, it was. there were lots of open seats. I'll just say that. Really? Lots and lots, you know. Tickets, you know, you could use the phrase, you know, tickets were littering the streets um, based on just People selling them, getting rid of them, StubHub, Marketplace, all that. People trying to give me tickets. Um, so anyway, I went to the uh, Crown and Anchor and the Posse East. The Posse East I actually like a little bit more. They have good food. But um, I basically just right as game time, couldn't even get out of campus, just decided I was going to watch the first part of the game, you know, hoping maybe traffic would die down, the Astros would get up, I would at least see the action. And it was a very quick ball game. Um, had a few pitchers of beer, some chicken nachos. Uh, eventually made my way over to the Crown, where the bartender there was a Mariners fan. Um, so you know, uh, you know, a little bit of banter ensued. Ultimately, ended up getting cut off at the uh, Crown and Anchor. I think I only actually had about two beers there, but uh, it was more of an attitude issue between me and the other bartender. Um, you know, I won't go. I won't get too uh, in depth about it. And then ended up going over to the uh, back over to the Posse East, where I finished watching the game. And there, you know, was served, you know, several more drinks. I mean, I wasn't <laughs> drunk or anything like that. I was just, you know, drinking through 18 innings of baseball. There's nothing else to fucking do. I mean, how much food can you eat? You know, I had a, I had a BLT at the damn uh, Crown and Anchor. I was eating the whole time. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, I. Uh, I think like in a in rage at one point in the 17th or 18th, I just kind of hit the table and my glass fell off and broke. And at that point, I was also cut off at the uh, crown. So you cut off at two separate locations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but night. it wasn't too drunk. I didn't have it. Look, I started <laughs> drinking at the fucking uh, crown at the Posse East that day. Like I had not one drink at the Longhorn game. I know I did not come into the situation. Whatever. I just you know was just sitting there drinking because there was nothing else to do. Uh, you know, probably had like. If I had to estimate, what's a pitcher like? Four beers? Yeah. I probably drank like 11 or 12 beers over six hours. That's not like anything crazy. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, it just it wasn't anything crazy. <laughs> it was just it was more circumstance. And it was more just because I was pissed off watching the game and, you know, just. It was annoying to watch. Yeah, just a long, a long, you know, hard-fought game where, you know, you're using your next starting pitcher and Christian Javier at a certain point, and, you know, you got to fucking win. And not knowing what's going to go on, not knowing if I'm going to have to watch a game tomorrow. And anyway, so it was a good time. The Astros won. I have to believe it was, you know, had a lot to do with my efforts. Um, as, and, as you always do. And uh, the... Mariners fans, you know, bust their hearts. Uh, they didn't, you know, they got one home playoff game this year. It was 18 innings, so I'm sure they got their money's worth, and they got sent the fuck home. All right, what do y'all, what do y'all think about the uh, series with the Yankees? So Houston opens as a big favorite in Game One for a baseball line. I'm seeing minus 180, minus 190. That's usually that's pretty big. It was minus 200 this morning. And that's that's pretty big. I think you'd agree, like for yeah. just normal baseball line, especially uh, for. 
just, just in the choke artist van, or Verlander so, today. But also we got um, on the bump for uh, the Yankees, they uh, they threw out Nestor Cortez uh, to try to close out the Guardians. So Jamison Talion, I believe is how you say his last name, is going to be getting the start. Um, Tillian? Yeah, I'm not too familiar with him, to be honest. Like, I... Like I've seen a lot of Nestor Cortez, who I thought we'd be facing. He's a Nestor Molester. Yes, TBT to our I think second episode we ever did, maybe first. I, I, I said know. that on the radio the other day, and and Aaron looked at me like he clearly had never heard that before. And was just like, what the hell? He's like, hey, all right. <laughs> but yeah, Nestor Molester, Nestor Cortez, continue. Yeah, I just I don't really know what this Italian guy you know has to offer, but. You know, knowing baseball, he could come out there and just shove. What about how? What do you think about how bad Verlander was in his last start? Like, how, do you I think mean, he's gonna come out today and be, be better. I would hope so. I mean, he certainly showed throughout the season that he's not washed yet. I don't know if he just became washed. He always sucks in the playoffs. Yeah, I wouldn't put him up to the Kershaw level. He's of close. If he if he loses today, if he gets like five runs hit on him today, yeah, he'll then, be he'll be getting oh, close to Kershaw. Next status. week I'll be on here bitching and calling him a choke artist if he does that. But I'm gonna give him the chance to. I'm gonna keep my faith in him for at least this game one. Yeah, I'm not too worried about Verlander. Um, I'm not, you know. Obviously, I don't like ever giving up any runs, but it's Major League Baseball. Um, you got to score to win. Um, you know. I'm not looking at any of this 1-0 Texas Longhorn heyday type shit. I just, that just doesn't work in, in the Major League postseason. Uh, there's just too many home runs hit. One thing I will say is that Verlander in the past has been really good at keeping like runners from advancing, you know, outside of like the solo shot. Like he's been very susceptible to the, to the solo home run. That's in years past. Now this year he went like 60 something innings without giving up a home run. And uh, you know, two in his last start, right? and uh, at least one. I'm not sure about two, but at least one. Uh, and but what was really much more concerning was you know his letting runners advance and you know letting a lot of just you know things in the ballpark uh, keep innings alive and um, get his get his pitch count up early. That was concerning, but um, we got a lot of familiarity with this Yankee squad. Um, they were who I expected to be playing at this spot. Who the MLB want? You know, it's the it's the money matchup for the MLB, obviously with the uh, 2019 or whatever year we uh, uh, walked them off and the whole beeper uh, controversy uh, going into the sign stealing gate that you know afflicted the entire Major League Baseball. Um, so yeah, I uh, expect to win. Uh, the line makes sense given it's this Italian guy. I'm not sure where Garrett Cole is in his rest cycle. Uh, Nestor Cortez looked really good against the Guardians. Um, I guess that was yesterday. Uh, the Yankees, that series against the Guardians had two weather delays that really kind of made it odd. And the Yankees were down 2-1 at one point. And now they, you know, usually you don't have to play the very next day following a playoff series. They were hot yesterday. Yeah. And now they, and then they had to get on a, you know, they had to get on for a plane. Ev- for everybody besides the, I mean, yeah, that part sucks. I'm just explaining the line. Like, you know. Why it's so high. Yeah. Like they have a guy, they have not one of their aces. They played yesterday. They had a weird schedule with the, you know, the, the weather delays. And now um, they had to play the full five. All things considered, the Astros are "quote unquote" rested, which might not be a good thing, um, and that's why I think they're such a favorite. Uh, I do think the Astros will win the night. Um, I, uh, I, I want to, you know, not lean too much on my fandom. Just uh, I think the Yankees, their problems been in the last couple years, maybe last five, uh, kind of the same problem with what I said with about the Chargers, where parts not equaling a whole. Uh, lots of good players, lots of pay- players are paying well, but something about them and some like about the chemistry of the team just doesn't equal like postseason success. And I think you know the way they build their team with the Judge and the Stantons of the world. You know, Judge started out this postseason like 0 for nine, and they're you know they're obviously great power hitters, but they're susceptible to that. Whereas you look at the Astros, you got guys like. Jordan, you can look at as a power hitter, but if you actually watch him, he's a mutt, very skilled hitter where he can go op- opposite field with it, no problem. He's he can hit 
for decent average. Like, I wouldn't expect Jordan to have a slump to that nature. He's not as hit or miss as those guys. And then, obviously, if anyone's due for a big game, it's Altuve, who really hasn't played, hasn't been that doesn't well hit. in the box, like, this postseason. Yeah, he doesn't hit. Um, y'all got anything else on the Astros? Uh, no, I just think that I think they'll win prediction? the series. Prediction? Oh, I think it'll go uh, at least six games. Yeah, I think I think Astros win in, in six. Um, the sixth game would be in New York, right? Yes. Uh, I yes. believe it's 2-3-1 yeah. is the schedule. That's how it works. Two games in Houston, three in New York, one in Houston. I guess seven. Um, that's only, but that's six, only six games. games two, it'd be 2-2-1-1-1, it'd be two, two, one, 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 right? No, yeah, 2-2-1. Two, two, I bet it goes wow. two three two. We were talking about to, this. If I had to guess, yeah, yeah um, probably two three two. That makes more sense. I don't. That okay. That makes more sense. Aaron said that this morning, and I was like, that makes no sense because that just gives the away team an advantage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There we go. What? That, it's definitely so game, two three so two. It, in that case, game six would be in Houston. Yeah. All right, give, me, give, me, give me the Strohs in game six. If game six was in New York, I was going to say I'll take Strohs in seven in Houston. But if we're in Houston in game six, give me give me a Strohs in six. Give me the give me the Yankees in five. Right. Bang. I can Put confirm. your money where your mouth is. I huh? can confirm it's two, three, two, three, two. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, so in the NL, we the, the Padres and the Phillies both advance. Who would have thought? Uh, last night, the Phillies took a 1-0 lead in the series thanks to a Bryce Harper home run and a Schwarber, Schwarber home run. Uh, I mean, they're hot. They had a little some defensive errors in the bottom of the ninth or the top of the ninth that no, was the bottom of the ninth it? in San Diego. Uh, made me sweat a little bit. I had the Phillies last night, money line. I think they come out in this series. I, I honestly think they might sweep the Padres. They're so hot. Um I think the Yankees and the Phillies World Series is is what I got right now. Uh, Y'all want to move on to the 40-acre dash? Yeah, just real quick on the Phillies. I think uh, their lineup is pretty sick. And it could just be because a lot of their guys are hot right now. But Schwarber, Reese Hodkins, Real Muto is a pretty good center bat. Obviously, Harper and Castellanos drop absolute bombs. Castellanos goes Yeah, the memes (laughs) about Castellanos hitting home runs at the worst times possible. No, but yeah, who think comes out of that series? I think Philadelphia. I think they're... uh, Oh, sorry. No, no I, I said th- Phil for something. Uh, I think because we're talking about the Phillies. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards the Phillies, but I think the Padres win today. Uh, they got um, they got some, they got some, they got a good team. Um, I'm not gonna take anything away from them. They got good starting Bl- pitchers. And, pitching today. Yeah, I just don't know the Phillies. You know, they're just. They could run out of gas. They've played. Both teams have played uh, th- two two whole series now. They both won them and are into this, you know, a seven game series now. Where I feel like a lot of times the better team fleshes it out and wins. Um, yeah, obviously being up 1-0, I'm leaning Phillies. But uh, when it was 0-0, I think I I think I uh, favored the Padres. Um, you know, way to pick both there. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, but I want the Phillies. If, you know, I want the Phillies in the World Series. Um, that makes any any difference. All right, on to the 40-acre dash. If y'all are all done talking about baseball, right? Yep. All righty. Um, so, uh, Texas, they survived this week at home against Iowa State. Um, pretty crazy game. Uh, you know, if I do say so myself, I was there. Um, I don't know if either of y'all made it, but... Definitely, um, I believe 24-21 was the final. Uh, Texas recovered a fumble there on that last drive. Um, Questionable no call on that targeting on that play as well. I don't think it was targeting. Yeah, not in my mind. Matt Campbell had a lot to say about it. RG3 as well. But fuck. Yeah. He's just jealous because <laughs> we didn't offer him a scholarship. He, no, we offered him a scholarship to play safety for you. Mac yeah, loves offering Heisman quarterbacks safety yeah. scholarships. I guess he was right in that, that instance. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it was it was a crazy game. I, 
I mean, I, I had the, the horns minus 24, 17, whatever it was. It was too much. I remember what it was. I should have known better. Iowa State's beaten us three years in a row before this game. Matt Campbell, he's a great coach. I don't care what their record was before. They were going to come in this game and fight till, till, you know, till the final whistle. And honestly, that this is a game that Texas would have lost last year, the year before, last 10 years, honestly. Uh, a close game at the end. Honestly, if it, if it weren't for a dropped touchdown pass, we probably do lose this game. Um, we also dropped three touchdown passes, or at least three big game balls. Actually, two drops, one over two overthrows, one drop from Casey Kane. Casey Kane had a rough game. Yeah, but it, I mean, Jalen Ford, uh, Big 12 Defense Player of the Week, he had an interception, fumble recovery, he had about eight tackles. He also struggled in this game. The, the DB struggled. Brian Watts got hurt. He, they say it's a st- stinger injury with no structural damage, but I expect him to play this week. This, um, I, but let's just let's just move on. We won this game. I've heard a lot of bitching and moaning about this. Way too much bitching and moaning this week. Just be happy we won. Honestly, we're we're four and or five and two. Four and two. Five and two. And we said on one and four nine the horn. Me and Tyler on the post game show, and a lot of the callers were a bit upset kind of had to you know do kind of what Shay did to us after Dallas week one just like hey humble you, us you just won a big 12 conference game be happy to a team that you've lost to three years in a row before this. and you can look at all the other great teams in the SEC Georgia Bama they have close games in conference part, part of the season yeah definitely thought we were maybe looking forward too much to the oklahoma state affair um which you know at the time they hadn't lost to tcu so you know we were expecting maybe a top five or matchup. looking back at the week before the ass riding high on the oklahoma win rolling in a team that yes has beaten us three years in a row and um yeah i mean you said that maybe a you know team of the past few years would have lost that game uh, I'm going to go one further and say that Texas should have lost that game. Um, the interception in the end zone by uh, Ford, for me, was the play of the game. We had to have it. I think it would have been a two-score game at that point. Um, and uh, I don't think we could have overcome it. Uh, not against that team. They played well. They played good defense. Um, you know, there were there was obviously the game-ending fumble, um, drop passes. There's a lot of things we could point at. For me, it was the interception in the end zone. Uh, that was a big swing right there. Uh, you know, it's not like I'm unhappy about it. Obviously, I'm unhappy about it. I just... Um, Could have gone down 14-0. Right there. I was more worried about it than I think a lot of other people were, especially that early kick. And, um, yeah, uh, it just it was a gritty win. I mean, yeah, you just got to take it for what it is. Instead of having a Texas Tech-style loss on your... On your record, you have a Iowa State-style win, and now you know you um, strung a couple games together. Now you're on a three-game win streak since West Virginia, or well, since Texas Tech. But you know, West yeah. Virginia was the first win of that series. That's uh, that makes us three and one in conference. Uh, it keeps us set up to potentially play in a Big 12 championship game if they, they just keep their winning. And uh, now you got to go on a big road test. Um, hopefully learning something about your team and uh, that, you know, you really can't defend the pass very well. Like, I don't... Like, well, especially when Ryan walks out the game. Yeah. And, Could be a problem hey, but, hey, listen, the Hunter Deckers, he was the leading passer in the Big 12 yards-wise going into this game. A lot of people weren't talking about that just because they're, the actual scoring output of Iowa State was last in the Big 12. Um, but they, hey, they could move the ball. They just had issues punching it in the end zone and kicking field goals. Um, so, yeah, take it for what it is. We won the game. Got we also it. missed a field goal. Yeah, Bird Auburn, I'm starting to get worried about him. Uh, some key stats in the game. 20 years, went 17 for 26, 172 yards. He had a pretty, you know, he looked a little lackadaisical out there. He had that weird pass back fumble situation, which I'm happy he had the awareness to get on. Uh, three touchdowns, no interceptions, uh, 128.6 QBR. Really, if you look at these stats, that looks a lot better than the game he had. He missed some throws. I expect more from him this week. Uh, Bijan Robinson, 135 yards. What is that? Four 
Four receptions for 36. Yeah, I think he had about 30 touches. No touchdowns this week. We got 32 touches. No touchdowns this week, but he was our bell cow. I think that's the most carries, most touches he he's had this year. Roshan went 11 for 71. You know, he's the heart and soul of this team. I still expect him to get his carries every game and produce from them and, and do the little things when he's on the field playing special teams and, you know, pushing guys across the line. And, you know, win, win the game, carrying the ball at the end there. Yeah. yeah. Made a huge yeah. hit on kickoff, too. I know. he He's going to be a guy that's going to make some noise on Sundays after this year. Uh, but so this week, was it 2.30, Stillwater, Oklahoma? Yep. Texas minus six and a half at this point. This this line it, it, on Sunday it was Texas minus one and a half. It's it's gone up five points midway through the week. Uh, last week Oklahoma, Oklahoma State lost to TCU like we said, forty to forty three. They were up big. Uh, there's some there's some injury concerns for Spencer Sanders. Uh, what do y'all think? And how do you think this game's gonna play out this week? Well, I'm looking at. Um sort of the team numbers between Texas and Oklahoma State throughout the season. Texas averaging about 37 points a game. Oklahoma State's averaging 45. But on the flip side, Texas only giving up about 18 a game, whereas Oklahoma State's giving up about 28. So I do think you're going to have to score well into the 30s to win this game. I think Texas is capable of it. And if they do go in Stillwater and beat this Mike Gundy team, who's always a threat on the offensive side of the ball, I, th- I think it'd be a very, very big win for Texas and uh yeah, and just keep the momentum going. Obviously, you said, you know, Texas controls their own destiny. So this is a statement game. For yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, Oklahoma State, I think, was up 14-0 at one point. They were up more than that. And uh, they were up at least seventeen. Well, I wasn't really watching it because I was watching the uh, until the end. I was watching the Astros and yeah, some some dudes. You know, just some dudes described it to me as you know they were they were handling TCU and then oh, yeah. you know. Uh, obviously, that that didn't end up being the case. That game, I think, was in TCU, though, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll, you know, try to recoup with a home game. Not sure about the Spencer Sanders injury. I know that they're like one of the worst teams defending the pass, though. Yeah, they're a big. Uh, they take a lot of risks. They got a, all their DBs. Think of them. Think of them as an entire defensive and backfield of Trevon Diggs. Well, they'll they'll That's jump. Scary. They're jumping. I know, but like a Trevon Diggs, yeah, just a lot of chances are going to be taken, and expect a lot of big plays from Quinn Ewers and the Texas offense. This, They're giving uh, up so, right? 300 a game through the air. No, no. If Quinn doesn't throw for at least 300, we're, he's not doing his job. Actually. Yeah, and obviously I took the horns in one of my uh, one of our uh, Pick'em series bets, so uh, I'm taking him. You know, I'm going to reiterate that point. Um, yeah, I mean, Spencer Sanders, if he's not ready to go, I mean, he's having a pretty good year um, from what I can see, uh, both on the ground and through the air. He's the old man at the sea of the Big 12 at this point. Yeah, um, seen him a couple times. Um, he's just, uh, you know, he's no Heisman candidate, I wouldn't say, but uh, his team's playing well. Gundy gets the most out of the recruits he gets. Um, interested to see what they got going on. They look like they have a pretty decent running back named uh, Dominique Richardson. Um, you know, he's not a world beater or anything, but uh, I'm sure he's a good skill. They always have good skill players. I'm sure he's a decent skill position player. Uh, but, yeah, uh, huge game this week. Got to put everything else aside and go get a road win. Uh, I know we won in Dallas. That's not really a road game. Uh, we lost in Texas Tech. We've played a very soft schedule. Well, I, I say soft, I mean, as far as there being most, you know, nothing but home slash OU games. Now, this is the, definitely the hardest part of the, the year for the Horns. Yeah, so going into this, you know, where we're going to have road games consistently against, you know, Kansas State <laughs> and Kansas going forward. Uh, just uh, there might be another one, but those, those are two I'm looking at. Uh just got to uh, win here and move on, control your own destiny, and, you know, that'll be enough. It's one game at a time, and I don't think there's, I guess maybe TCU, but don't don't get caught looking forward or looking back. It's, uh, it's a new week. I think you got to, Oklahoma State's going to show up ready to play. I, I expect them to play well, so you're going to have to play well to beat them, and I think they can. Do we have an update on Watts, Ty? 
Um, I know you said he'll be he'll, he'll play this week. It was just yeah, a stinger. Was, we need him to play because um, they ran out two freshman corners out there trying to find who they could replace him with, and obviously Austin Jordan, I believe his name is, gave up that slant for about a 45-yard touchdown. Um, so corner does worry me if Watts isn't able to go, especially against this Oklahoma State team who likes to air it out a bit. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for uh, this episode of the Lone Star Lowdown. Make sure to go follow our Instagram at the Lone Star Lowdown, our Twitter at Lone Star LD, TikTok. You know, we're big on there, of course. The Lone Star Lowdown. Just look us up. You'll make sure you'll be able to find us. Uh, and yeah, make sure to check out all of our, all of our YouTube video content. I think uh, Jacob Standard uh, is kind of coming on the team with us, trying out doing some bit edit- editing for us this week. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Um, but I think I'll do it for Ty Henderson. Corey Gidry. <laughs> Shay Holt. Shay always goes second. I always go last, so I was, I was just waiting for it. But you know, We are the Lone Star Lowdown. Hook him. <laughs>